culture. We're going to be, you know, discussing how to act and how not to act. We're going to be discussing what the word no means. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Hey, everyone. Just a warning. I'm a bit fierce about this. (laughs) (laughs) You need to be. You should be. You should be. So... I want to start off with um, giving my experience on sexual harassment because being a guy, we don't but you have still it have as it. bad as and that's women a problem. do. You know, yeah, yeah, oh uh, yeah. Tell me about it. Like I can't tell you how many auditions I've been to where I've been looked at a certain way. You know how many dress rehearsals where somebody put their hands, you know, where there shouldn't be yeah. for me. You know what I mean? And like I was talking to one of my friends because I had no idea because I'm a pretty, you know by the schedule guy I'm the type of person where if I'm not here I'm there if I'm not there I'm here and I rarely get out and my friend was just telling me how bad she had and she was like there was a time where I couldn't go to my car because I was stopped there was a time where I was groped on the subway you know and this behavior is just ridiculous Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because, you know, it applies. It applies to both men and women. Unless you have explicit permission to be touching someone, keep your fucking hands off of them. Simple as that. Exactly. So, you know, it. What's you know leading up to this, I was telling some of my some of my guy friends downtown that I was going to be talking about this and. They were they were incredibly supportive and in sharing some of their stories. And while I knew while I knew that it happened to guys, not quite at the rate that it happens to women, just hearing how it happens to guys really bothered me because for as many women that refuse to speak up because of fear, guys have it so much worse. Because if you have a guy that complains, hey, this this person touched me inappropriately. She made me uncomfortable. The, the culture is, well, man up. What's, what, why did you have a problem? You had a pretty woman exactly. hitting on you. Well, it doesn't matter if the person was pretty or ugly. The fact is they did not have permission. You made it clear to them that this was untowards and it still happened. I think guys should be able to speak up without ridicule the way women can but the fact that there are there there are situations where women speak up and it it destroys their lives why should someone's life get destroyed because of someone else's actions that's that's the big question that no one can seem to answer yeah, and I really think people that don't understand it have to have a mental issue because it's simple. You know, like, say, for instance, with the um, case just came up about the young girl that was in uh, Fort Worth that was in her uh, army camp that came up dead. They said that she had a sexual harassment claim. Yeah, and four days later went you missing. Know? If that, that does not, that exactly does not scream like, coincidence. 
Like, yeah, and it's a it's a huge problem. Like, if you're at, and the thing that pisses me off the most is people say, "Oh, well, you know, the guy was, you know." putting himself in that position or the girl was dressed a certain Ooh. way that has nothing. Yeah. To do so let me, let me say something right there with that, with that statement. So um, most people have heard of a walk that happens every year. Who knows if it will happen this year with everything going on, but it's called sluts, uh, slut walk. Yeah. And the, what started Slut Walk yeah. was, and I can't remember the year, but there was a, it was a speech given by a Toronto officer where he point blank said, if women do not want to be raped, they shouldn't dress like sluts. And if all of you need a pause Ridiculous. for a what the fuck moment, feel free because I do every time I have to tell the story. Um, and... <laughs> It pretty much, it pretty much is like, you know what, let me, let me back up. And I said this to you on, I am Americans are the biggest prudes culturally. And it's not meant to be an insult. it. It is an observation in that we have the, some of the most freedoms and the most varied form of clothing because we are a mis mismatch of cultures. And yet the, inc the, the automatic inclination for people is if they look different than me, if they look better than me, if they're super ugly, if they're whatever, I need to make some sort of disparaging comment. And no, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Because... I, I, I can't speak for every woman out there, but when I get dressed, I get dressed for me. Um, I'm one of those that is eternally single by choice. And if I want to look sexy one night, it's because I want to look sexy one night, not because I'm going out wanting, wanting to attract attention to myself. But there are some people that do dress to attract attention to themselves, and they know how to handle it. They know, they know how to handle the gawks they get. And so it shouldn't be anybody else's place to take a look at them and be like, hmm, she must be a hoe. Nah, she must be dressing, she must be, dre she must be wearing something that she exactly. feels pretty damn comfortable in if she's out in public in it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, like say for instance, who knows what people are going through? Because I know... Some I've talked to a lot of girls and they said, you know, it's empowering yeah. for them to show a little skin. They might be they might be feeling ugly that day. So they want to wear, you know, some short shorts or a tight skirt to feel sexy. But yeah, that has I mean, nothing I, to do with you. you I don't I mean? dress personally. I don't I don't dress in a way to elicit compliments, but I still get them. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you for telling me that I'm beautiful. I mean, I'm going to keep walking, but thank you. <laughs> I, I don't see that as an invitation yeah. to have a conversation with you. I'm just going to appreciate you and walk away. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know what? There, there are mornings I wake up and I yeah. look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, girl, how you doing? But then there are other mornings I wake up and I'm like, shit, what <laughs> right. did, you get, did you get out of last night? Like, 
Yeah, we can't feel pretty all the time. <laughs> and you know what? Think about though. what kind of un- unsufferable people we would be if we did. And you actually look at some of the most beautiful people in our society, and they are the ones with the biggest insecurities because they have always been held to a higher standard. Yeah. They feel like they constantly have to maintain. And, you know, one sad fact of life is we get older. Body parts start sagging, wrinkles happen, your hair changes color. We get older, beauty fades. And exactly, unless you're just I'm pretty Lopez. sure I don't know I, you know what? And, I, and I'm not saying this to hate because to Lord knows if I could afford it right now, I'd be getting some work done. But I feel like she's had some work done. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you either I'm that telling. or you know if you have if you, you have the money to spend on ridiculous amount of skincare like if I had just a couple of grand to go and blow and get like photo facials and start repairing all the sun damage to my skin I could probably turn back the clock as well however I'm a I'm a sarcastic chain smoker so yeah. I, I don't really care to <laughs> But um, I, I was going to tell you, so uh, just a couple of my, my experiences on the, on the sexual harassment front, 17 years old, I went to work for IBM. Um, and funny story, I found out after they'd already promoted me that they technically weren't allowed to hire me at 17. <laughs> but rather than what? fire me, they just was like, okay, we'll keep it hush hush because your birthday's in a couple of months. You're doing such a great job. If anybody asks, lie about how old you are. <laughs> right. They well, so <laughs> early, early on, early on in the in the in the job, maybe within like the first month or two, there was a, normally we were on our own for a shift. Um, we it, there was a team of two of us that would split working weekends, and so you know it wasn't uncommon for us to work like twenty hour shifts at a time. And the nature of the job, we could take a nap, no big deal. Well, in the beginning, we had someone training us how to do the job. And this gentleman, um, one day, sitting alone, it's probably two or three o'clock in the afternoon, in a very quiet and empty building, decides to lean over just out of the blue and try to kiss me. And I back up and I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I guess I read the situation wrong. And I'm like, yeah, you did, because I wasn't aware there's a there was a situation. <laughs> anyway, so you know, yeah, he, he backed off and he apologized. Yeah. But again, I'm 17 years old, and that made me uncomfortable to the point that if I didn't say something, I would quit my job. Because that's I'm not gonna work with that. So I did. I notified, I notified my superiors um, later that evening about it. I will say they took care of it appropriately. He no longer had a job. And I know, I know that they were worried about a lawsuit because I was a minor. (laughs) So I don't know if that's what elicited them into quick reaction or, or what, but you know, I had, I had that fear that a lot of women have that this could adversely affect my job, but I would rather it do that. Than be uncomfortable at my job, and exactly, I 
and like and and like i'm glad they handled it yeah but my thing is is, you know and when when all the me too stuff started coming out i remember thinking like why are these women having like such a hard time like why are they coming out years later like i don't understand that because you know i cut to it immediately What, what what Well, because like some people aren't as strong as you, some people aren't as, you know, brave because those are like powerful people. And also there's unity in numbers. Well, well. let me I was going to say, let me say this. If I um, if the tables, I guess if I would have been older and been in the job market a little bit longer to see like really the, the good, bad and the ugly of things, I might not have said something. I think because I was so green around the ears, that's why I was willing to speak up. But that also set a tone for the remainder of my career. A lot of women don't don't always experience stuff at a young enough age to like essentially not have that give a fuck built in yet. If that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it does. (laughs) And, and another thing is accountability. Like I think what people don't understand is it takes a village. Like we are all one. It takes a village. You have to hold these type of people accountable, you know, like if you see somebody, there's a difference between you know, it's, it's it's like the Mean Girls reference. Mean Girls is like my favorite movie of all time. But it's what uh, the chick said in Mean Girls. There's two types of evil people. There's evil people that do evil stuff. And then there's evil people that see evil stuff being done and don't try to stop it. You know, if you stay silent, you're just as bad. So I'll say this didn't make this didn't make national news. And I don't know how. But the university that I went to, um, and this was back in 2000, 2011-2012 um, that this happened. But I went to University of Montana in Missoula, Missoula, Montana. And when I was reading up about, like, okay, what's Missoula life like? I started seeing these stories, and I'm like, crap, I just signed on to go to this university, and they've got two active rape cases that are going from football players. Holy shit. Well, following the stories, uh, one of the guys was convicted and the other guy, the girl, um, the girl was caught on tape by one of her friends during the trial stating that she lied about it and that she said that because he had turned her down. Mm, I had, there's a special place in hell for women like that. Sorry. But and so and so he was and so he was um, exonerated. However, the issue being is that by the time these went to trial, these cases were like between three and five years old. Because the school covered them up because they involved football players. Yeah, and see that when I started going when I started know, going to that school, they were under investigation by both the Department of Justice and the Department of Education because of this. That's bad. Yeah, and they, and they tried to cover it up because they didn't want to look bad, 
But see, people are so backwards. You look bad because you're covering it up. If you would actually do something about it, you know, like I said, we as a people have to, you know, take accountability. If you see a girl, you know, being stalked or harassed, you know, volunteer to walk with her. You know, if you see somebody, you know, acting, one of your friends acting inappropriate, you know, call them out. You know, nobody wants to say anything. Yeah, and you know the you know the weird thing about being an adult and you have adult friends is if you see your friend that's acting a fool and you call them on their shit, they're still going to be friends with you. They're probably actually going to thank exactly. you for for correction. Because you know what? When you're friends with someone, you don't you don't go on the attack mode saying, oh, man, you were way out of line. Like, I now think you're this giant douche or I don't know, whatever, because I've never done that to any of my friends. Um, now, if I have a friend that has raped someone, they're, yeah, they're not my friend anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. But if it's if it's just random situations that would be considered questionable if it's even comments like making comments that are out of line friends do not have a problem with you saying hey that was inappropriate maybe you should have if you if you had to say anything at all maybe you should have said something like this but what you said was not cool and you don't need to apologize to me and if, like, the person that it was said to is still in the way, like, I'll, I'll straight up be like, you you owe that person an apology. And not don't just say I'm sorry. Say, I apologize for. And let them know what yeah. you're apologizing for because it, I know, you know, we know our friends well enough to know that most, of, most people in our lives, like, because you wouldn't have people in your life if they were, but most people in our lives, like, are inherently decent human beings. And part of being a human being is none of us are perfect. We've all, we can all think back into things that we've said in the past that make us cringe. Like, yeah, I'm, I, I used to be, I used to be so bad about hating on girls, like early, early twenties. I was <laughs> horrible about it until I don't know. There was, there was a day that someone said something similar to what I've been saying about people to me. And it made me stop and think like, Whoa, Jen, you have been out of line. And then my second thought thought was, why the fuck has no one called me on this? Yeah. And so it's now, now let me ask you this. Oh, go ahead. Oh, it just, and so that, right, it, it was that, like, kind of defining moment. I was probably about 25 at the time where I just said, you like to help people. So why are you being this, this negative force in other areas? Like, I'm not saying you need to be like Little Miss Sunshine, but you need to treat people yeah. the way that you want to be treated. And if you don't want people talking smack about you behind your back, you need to not do it to others. Exactly. And that's the key. And know that nobody's better than you and you're not better than nobody. You know? Yes, very much so. And so that, you know, that was, it, it's really funny. I know that your podcast people can't see the photo in question that, that introduced us. But 
I mean, even though my body would not look good in that skirt, I freaking love that skirt that girl was wearing. I was like, mm, girl, if you could show it, do it. But seeing like seeing the yeah. comments of like people are like, oh no, this is disrespectful to your boyfriend. It has nothing to do with a boyfriend. Respecting or disrespecting or anything. It has everything to do with if that girl feels comfortable in wearing that, then I'm comfortable with her wearing that. Plain and simple. Yeah. And 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 and, and see that's where a lot of people get wrong too. A lot of people don't know their place when it comes to a relationship. And like you said, this is going way back to the I Love Lucy days. Like, you know, the girl was always supposed to dress modest and ladylike. Honestly, if a guy has a problem with your, you dressing like that, it's because number one, he's insecure. And number two, he has an ego problem or both. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And but, you know, a lot of a lot of these issues that people have start in childhood because they hear their parents talking like that. They see it on TV, like every every sort of social cue they are getting tells them it's okay to talk like this. Well, obviously, it's not so. The narrative needs to change. Yeah. And I'm so glad like more and more people, it's definitely better than what it was two years ago. Like a lot of people are starting to, you know, bring rape culture to the forefront and, and bring uh, slut shaming to the forefront. Cause at the end of the day, like you said in the beginning of the podcast, it's none of your business. Yeah. What well, I am. Well, I am. You know. and I guarantee, and I guarantee you the same people that are they have their own body issues. You know, everybody should have. Yeah, everybody should have a freakum dress like Beyonce said. Everybody should have an outfit where they can just go to the club and be like, "I'm here." Everybody should have an outfit where they could go to church. Like, I believe there's an outfit. For yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an atheist, so I, I have them classified a little bit differently. I have um, the come fuck me outfit. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain that in a second because yeah. <laughs> it's not an invitation. Um, and and I, call it my, um, I call it my funeral outfit. Like. Thing, things that I wear when I need to be a presentable mm. human being and not like offend the dead. So, so the reason I call it my, my come fuck me out yeah. is um, it, it's literally the outfit that I put on in the mirror and I look at myself and I'm like, oh, I do you, hell I might do you later. <laughs> Cause I know I'm going out alone and I'm coming home yeah. alone. <laughs> But right. at the same time, I'm like, I look in it and I love me for it. I don't love me because of it, but I love me for it, if that makes any sense. I love that my confidence is at a level that yeah. I can do something like that. Um, I have a straight, I, I am 5'2 and roughly about like 180 pounds. To say I'm a bit fluffy is an understatement, but guess who rocks a string bikini during the summer? Mm-hmm. 
Why do I rock a string bikini? Because quite frankly, I found one for 20 bucks in Florida over Thanksgiving, and I think it's wonderful. But also because I freaking want to. It's the closest thing to being naked. And since the U.S. does not like people being naked on the beach, like it does in Spain where I'm from, I have to get as close to naked as I possibly can. <laughs> I, I am very much one that like during the summer, I rarely wear a swimsuit because I have a pool in my backyard, got a privacy fence. No one cares if I'm swimming naked. Um, if anything, my roommate just makes fun of me yeah. when he sees me going streaking uh, through the house to the pool. <laughs> uh, that's me. I hate wearing clothes. Um, the there, there was only one incident last summer where uh, my, my roommate's an attorney, and he had he had a bunch of his colleagues in town um, from France staying with us while they were working on a big case, uh, and I got a little high. <laughs> I'm a huge stoner, by the way. I got a little high and wasn't thinking about the fact that we had like four other guys staying in the house. And I come, I come like literally blazing out of my hallway towards the back door to go out to the pool. And one of them's in the kitchen. <laughs> I didn't realize that they were there. Next thing I know, Sebastian's coming out to the pool and he's like, you know, Sean Luke saw you naked. And I was just like, apologize to him and or say you're welcome. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sorry. You're welcome. One of those. <laughs> Whichever. And he had to explain, like, sorry, she's, she's Spanish. She likes to be naked. Like, she forgot we had house guests. You know, he's not going to sit there and tell him she's absolutely blazed out of her mind right now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's the culture. And <laughs> I, I, I try, I try explaining this to my to some of my friends about the fact that I enjoy swimming naked, and they're like, "Yeah, I just don't know about that." And my biggest question always is, "Why?" I'm not saying you have to swim naked, but why are you so opposed to it? And it comes down to confidence. Like, why, what is it, what is it in American culture yeah. that is so, like, self-deprecating? I think because we're built on the wrong, you know, we're built on the wrong values. We're built on beauty. You know, we're, we're a very artificial. Uh, you know, country. it's, it's funny. You, know you went I mean? that direction because you're, you're pretty spot on. Our country was founded by Puritans. Who, who were chased out of yeah. England for being I'll, I'll be, so I'll freaking be, like, strange, and then chased out of the Netherlands as well, before landing in what is now America. They had really uptight values that yeah, did not I'll, fit in any society. Yeah. And I mean, like, look at the, uh, go back to the 1930s. If you weren't a size two with, like, big boobs and no ass, then you were considered yeah. ugly. You know. And and fast forward till now. One of the greatest influencers we have Which is Kim Kardashian. Which me because that's not you know, actually a very good role model, but okay. 
Yeah, yeah, I, and I mean, I've I've never seen so many like a uh, one person that controlled the masses. Like uh, one year, that one year when she started juice cleansing, she had the whole world on the toilet. You know, just because she wanted to cleanse Which, her body, you know, juice, doesn't work like that. You know but okay. I mean? and, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And look at uh, I'll never forget. I was reading a post. And my friend was like, because you remember the uh, little uh, no. Yeah, there was this a couple of years ago, not too long, maybe two, there was this little Asian girl called Little Tay, and she was really disrespectful, really rude, bragging on how much money she had. Turns out she was a nice little girl, but she played that role in order to be famous and i was like it's so sad we live in a world we live in a world where a girl has to act out in order to get attention and fame and look at uh bad baby there's no reason why bad baby should have over a million followers yeah that's I, you know I, I honestly mean? like that's completely lost on me i mean i've got i i've got quite a, i've got <laughs> yeah. quite a few quite a few followers on facebook and on instagram and they're all people that I've met. Like, I do not add anybody I don't know just simply because they're either people I've had conversations with or like you who I know we're going to have a conversation um, or people that I've like physically been in their presence and they've made some sort of impact on my life. Just some adding someone because they're pretty or you know, have this, this, and this going for him. I got time for that. Yeah, and I can attest to that. None of my Facebook dates are this Facebook, <laughs> dude, Facebook dating is worse than Tinder. At least, it, it really at is. least with and Tinder, guys show their true the colors like pretty spot on. You know, <laughs> instead of saying hello, they'd start with, you want to yeah. suck my dick. Okay, good. I'm not talking to you. Exactly. <laughs> Facebook, they freaking get you, man. Yeah. They try to have a conversation and then they go with you. You want to suck my day. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm still <laughs> not any more receptive to that than I was when you started the conversation that way because you just, you just don't. You just don't. Hell, even if you're dating someone, you especially don't ask it like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you, you want to hear it. something funny? So I have a friend, she's like, you know, total hippie, you know, she never stays in one place, you know, for a you know, long amount of time. She's always traveling. She's actually in Thailand right now, and she was telling me that she wanted to shave her head. And I was like, why do you want to shave your head? And she said, because it's super empowering. And she said, the reason why it's empowering is because, you know, beauty, like hair is the main, you know, women's beauty and what it represents. And shaving your head is basically saying, I'm taking what makes me beautiful back. And um, it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't see it necessarily that way when I shaved my head as a teenager. Um, I saw it as oh, sweet instead of having to spend like an hour fixing my hair every morning. 
I towel my head off and like five minutes later be out the door. Score. Yeah. Yeah, I just used too much S curl on my hair and I got <laughs> her body, so that's why I had to shake that. <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, just trying trust to me with the condition my hair's in right uh, now. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie that head shaving is not off the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, but it was funny because she's very like she now she is a feminazi. She's very women empowerment, and it was funny because I was writing, and I asked her to fix me some noodles. And she was like, excuse me, I'm not your mom. You fix the noodles yourself. And I was like, why did you get so defensive? I, I went in the kitchen and I fixed my noodles because she told me to. <laughs> and I was like, why did you get so defensive? And she was like, because women have been, you know, cooking in the kitchen, you know, for years. It's the men's turn. And then she said, now make me some noodles, bitch. And she slapped me on the ass. <laughs> oh, so I, lo- I love that you bring that up. Um, there, there are people out there that want to speak to another human being without knowing them at that point. That's the, do you want to get your ass kicked? That, Cause that's how you get your ass kicked. But when we're, when you, when you're friends with exactly. someone, you can get away with that or your family, like you can get away with that sort of joking. And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. In fact, um, it's a, it's yeah, a running yeah. joke in my household that neither one of us cook. Um, we actually hired <laughs> someone to come in and cook for us because he was acknowledging that we would both starve otherwise. <laughs> I might need his number myself. <laughs> but uh, you know, like my ex, my ex husband thought that when I when I was home on the because I used to own a public relations firm and when I would. Um, I'd be gone for like weeks at a time and I'd come home. He'd think that, Oh, well good. She's home. She can cook for me. Uh, I might cook one meal for you, but you know where the kitchen's at. Like this is me taking right. a breather before I head back out on the road. I didn't come home to cater. <laughs> I was like, I pay the bills. You have exactly. a roof over your head because I work and not enough. Yeah, you know, the least you can do is and then and then to come to find out that he ended up stealing like about a hundred grand out of my business account to snort up his nose. Yeah, dude, you really don't want me cooking for you because that's how that's how poison gets slipped in. You've seen snapped. That's how we break. Uh. (laughs) Ah, yeah, And, and 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 it's so frustrating. But I feel like women don't know just how powerful they were. <laughs> like honestly I, I'm sorry seriously like honestly I feel like because me speaking from Azirian, uh, uh experience personally if Ariana Grande told me to do anything I would do it I don't care if she told me to rob a bank if she told me you know she, Ariana Grande could say I, I want you to go to North Korea and start a revolution, I would do it. You know, like they always say, man, men is the head. There's a saying, men is the head and women is the neck, but the neck turns the head yep. wherever it wants to go. 
you know, like honestly, and and it's and it's probably a good thing because like the world, like men probably wouldn't even exist if you guys knew just how powerful, you know, you were. And I don't, and and I, and I think there should be a women empowerment. Uh, I'm working on it actually because. <laughs> Uh, one of my girlfriends actually brought up that she would like me to do a how to be a sexual being masterclass. And she's like, nice. she's like, it that is amazing that you come out looking like a homeless bag lady half the time and guys respond to you because they see your level of confidence and they are drawn to it. And you're, you're someone that looks at sex, not at, almost as a diplomatic sort of thing. You don't, yes, you, you, totally have sex for pleasure but you know how to use it in your favor as well and I just looked at her I was like you know I'm not always happy when I have to use my vagina diplomatically but someone's got to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and I mean honestly I'm glad you brought that up because I was just talking about that you know, with my friends, like there's some girls that I knew, I know for a fact would never look at me, but because of my confidence and it works both ways. There's been some girls that I wasn't attracted to, but they oozed confidence in the vibe because, you know, we're spiritual before yeah. we're, we're physical and the, the vibe that they gave off, you know, just offset whatever they looked like. Like, I didn't care at that point. You as a person, your aura is what... And I think, you know, I think it's you know? it's something that comes with maturity that people start recognizing. Um, oh, I even hate to put it this way, but people start recognizing personality more than they do looks the older they get. Um, and part of that could be because looks fade, but then I've also got friends that are easily 10 to 12 years older than me that have taken way better care of their skin still and, and, and genetic wise still look super young. Um, I, I am, mm -hmm. I am legitimately jealous of, of some of my darker girls because black really does not crack. And, yeah, and I'm over here like cast for the ghost who I think about the sun and I get wrinkles. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, you know that's that's literally my only piece of jealousy is that I can look at some of these women and I'm like, your skin is still flawless, and you're in your fifties. It helps. It's worth. You could actually. Did you know you could actually buy melanin from online? Can you really? Yeah, it's worth more than gold. Literally, I had no i I had no idea you. What could do you do with it? Melanin. I was like. You, you, I think you inject it. I think you the inject fuck? it. But yeah, you could actually buy, you know, you could actually buy melanin. Now, I don't know too much about, I don't know if it's like real or if they just modically genetically created it. But yeah. It, I feel like it has to be synthetic gold, because, literally. I mean, melanin literally is something that is within our cells. Yeah, probably. Or is, like probably I am, is. I am borderline albino. Super, super light blue eyes, <laughs> super pale skin, and but my hair, my hair is different. My hair goes anywhere from uh, blonde on top to the further back it goes, it's almost black. And that's the that's the Spaniard in me. That's 
all I can say about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it growing up, I don't, I don't know if you, how, how well you know DFW, but I grew up in South Irving, where um, it was, Irving, it was primarily, yeah. primarily black and Hispanic growing up. And so I, I grew up like terrified to show parts of my body because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm super pale up next to all my friends and I'm not trying to scare them. <laughs> Mm-mm. That, that was doing myself a disservice. Now, now I do make yeah. jokes that my, le- that I can lay on the ground and direct air traffic, air traffic with my legs. Cause they're so bright, but I'm comfortable in my skin. <laughs> Like, I'm not one that, that says, ooh, I need to tan. Well, I don't need a tan because I can't. <laughs> I can burn. That's all yeah. I can do. I, yeah, I think everybody's beautiful in their own way, though. No matter what shape you are, no matter what, you know, skin color, no matter what size. I think everybody, everybody has somebody well, so that how did How did your parents you talk know, to you and, about about looks growing up like did you ever come home and say you know what mom I feel ugly or I don't like that I'm darker than so and so like did you ever have anything when you were a kid that you came home and complained about to your parents and if so what was their response Uh, all the time like I would come to my mom I would be like mom I'm ugly and she would be like no son you're actually handsome you're actually handsome. And, you know, I thought she would be saying, I was like, oh, you're just saying that because you're my mom. But she would always tell me, she said, if you were ugly and you told me that, I would have told you looks aren't everything. <laughs> but she said, no, you, you you know, no, you're, you know, you're a handsome guy, you know, because, of course, being dark skinned, you get abused from being dark skinned. And that goes to a whole nother you know, problem that, you know, people have because of it. But yeah, being a dark-skinned African-American male is tough because we always get called ugly or picked on or that the light-skinned is better, you know. But yeah, but my mom, she would always tell me I was handsome. And I noticed that older people would say I was handsome, but it was the younger people that would always you know, nag on me saying, oh, you have a big nose or, oh, you have a big lips and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, my mom would always tell me, don't listen to it. You're handsome. Well, you're good. Let's, let's <laughs> you just know? take kids at face value for what they are. They are tiny, angry drunks. That's all they are. They're assholes. Literally. Um, literally. They can be super cruel, man. It's like they're ruthless. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to wear glasses with a patch as a kid. Now, as an adult, I'm pretty much blind in one eye because, well, kids are assholes. And I wasn't going to wear a patch around them <laughs> to try to fix my eyesight when it was still easily fixable. Um, yeah, kids, kids are brutal. And I remember, I remember being in the, in the grocery store with my son. He was probably about four years old at the time. And he pointed out, that someone was fat. First off, I died a little bit. It was a very quick death too. I mean, I died and was resurrected almost instantly. And then my second, in the next second, I just looked at him. I was like, oh, honey, we don't say that. Um, and even that same year, he called me fat. And it's the only time in his life he's ever done that because I just looked at him. 
and I showed him a picture of me um, a few months before I got pregnant with him. And I was like, well, you did this to my body. So you're the only one you have to blame for the reason I'm fat. (laughs) (laughs) He has never said it again. He is now, um, he's now about to be 21 and he has his own body issues. And as a parent, I'm like, okay, I should have been done with teaching them this confidence thing. Like, I wish you would have had it down pat already, but our kids aren't with us 90% of the time. And so going back to what you said, that it takes a village, it does. It starts at home, but it continues in society. There needs to be a change in, there needs to be a change in Hollywood for one, because one thing I've, one thing I've noticed when watching movies, when do you see an ugly chicken movie? Even when they're playing the ugly character, when do you see an ugly chick? Thank you. I thought ugly Betty was. Um, but you see <laughs> ugly guys all the time in Hollywood. Um, I mean, that's that's rude to say. Sorry, any actor out there that I'm not going to name that I might think is ugly. They're just they're just not who I'm attracted to. Yeah, but, but when they, you think in terms know. of, but attracted or not, you look at the females, and there's not a single one that you that I want to sit there and be like, hmm girl needs to fix this this and this no because they don't exist in hollywood they do not Mm. and it is it has got to suck to be a woman and be an actor at the same time it really has to suck it it does it does and i was listening to a raven simone interview and she said i would not put my kid in hollywood until they were at least 18 like if i have kids or when i have kids my kid is not touching a camera until they're 18 because it's so hollywood is so sick and twisted yeah like oh my gosh and then to have it and then to have it come out um like when the the weinstein scandal broke and Cosby and let's help even Trump. Like these are all guys that from an attractive attraction standpoint, make my bloody skin crawl without them having any skeletons in their closet. But to see that they were in positions of power (laughs) to where women did not really have an option because they feared for their livelihood. That's that tells me that the narrative's wrong because they should not have to fear for their livelihood. They should not have to work a job that someone asked them, Oh, did you, you get know, this on like, your knees? Even okay, even if I did, what business is it of yours? Exactly. And, and if I did, it would have been my choice, not because I was required. Exactly. And you know yeah and it's funny you say that because uh yeah are you familiar with the singer lana del rey you know the song uh she made uh i think it was either fuck my way to the top or uh the uh pepsi cola one but you remember the song where she said she slept with a producer or something well, she went on the uh, she went on this interview, and she said the guy that I was singing about was Harvey Weinstein. She slept with him in order to get ahead, 
And people were asking, well, since you slept with him, why aren't you hollering? You know, why aren't you, don't you consider yourself a part of Me Too movement? Because she is a feminist. And she said, the reason is because I wanted to do that. You know, he didn't, you know, try anything with me. I knew what I was doing and I wanted to do that. So unpopular opinion here, but... I, I absolutely 100% agree with that statement. That right there is what I'm talking about, about using your vagina diplomatically. Um, yeah. Like me and my uh, friend had this conversation. We were, we were like, there's a difference between sleeping your way to the top. And yes, because you know the difference salty. between um, her Weinstein incident and you know, the rest of these women that have come forward, she gave consent. It was plain consensual. and simple. And that's, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to touch on consent real quick because consent should be as simple as yes or no. It isn't though. Um, at the very basic level, it can be. I remember the first time I had sex with with, uh, the most recent guy I dated being floored by the fact that he, before we ever began, he asked me. And I I was dumbfounded that he asked me because I'd never had a guy explicitly ask me, are you sure you want to do this? And I was just like, oh, you just set a standard that other guys are going to have trouble meeting. Um. But it, it made right. me it made me pause and think like and I, I was able to answer pretty quickly like yes, but even after I said yes and we began you know I'm inside my head like going over going down the rabbit hole of situations, and if you have a level of intimacy with someone, um, be it friendship, dating whatever you have your own sort of you have your own language that only you and that other person speak and you know you're not going to speak the same language with with bob over here that you'll speak with carl sorry i pulled out the worst possible names but um yeah the, the language is very particular in between two people and you may have the sort of you may have the sort of language where it's body language. They can tell by your body language what's acceptable and what's not. Because trust me, when someone is saying no with body language, it's pretty yeah. in your face. Like if you're trying to like lean over and kiss my cheek and I'm pulling away from you, that should speak volumes. Like in any language. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, and it does. It's to some cultures it does. Like there are travel guides to Italy that say, if you see someone rushing up to you in the street, don't cringe or back away at them because their culture is just very touchy-feely. Um, yeah. And so, are. but I mean, they that's are. that's a, that's teaching you essentially how to speak their body language so that you're not a complete awkward foreigner the first moment you step in Rome or Sicily, or wherever it is you're going in Italy. 
Like you now, you now have a basic, just a very basic understanding. And that's something that people need to have in relationships. Um, my, my buddy, Big Mike, every time he sees me, he slaps my ass. But he knows from early on in our relationship that I will, that I will allow that. Now, if a random stranger comes up to me on the street and does that, yeah. I'm likely to lay him flat. And I have. <laughs> like, people get, right. people get really taken aback at like, just how filthy my mouth is. And I, I can cuss in more than English. I can actually cuss in six different languages. And trust me, they all get used when I get going. Um, right. But I was, I, so I live in downtown Dallas. And I was walking, I, I'd left my phone at a bar one night. And I was walking back to that bar to go retrieve it. <laughs> um, and as I'm walking, just out of nowhere, this guy grabs grabs my butt and there were there were two two other people that saw this and I turn around instantly and just start like a volley of curse words on him and they're both standing there shocked like (laughs) I can't believe he just did that and good on her (laughs) like do we need to step in and protect him what's going on But right. yeah, I mean, I, I I have six older brothers, so and I'm the only girl, which means I have a little bit different upbringing that has taught me how to deal with men more so than someone that has not been raised with a bevy of people that did not mind their own damn business. So, um, it, it's been it's been a bit different, a bit different for me. I think that that's part of why I'm not scared of guys on a whole. Trust me, there there are some men folk that I can look at that you just kind of see the you kind of see the creep oozing off of them. Uh, I, yeah. I don't feel like that's necessarily a polite thing to say, but I'm not sure how else to word that. Yeah, yeah like I, I work, I work very well off of t- intuition, and there are just some people that just the sight of them, it's like I can feel a type of energy coming off of them that I want nothing to do with. And um, yeah. it's guys like that. I will, I will totally cross the street and get away from, or I will be. Um, assertive to the point of being an asshole and telling them to get away from me. Just, I, yeah, I would love to be able to teach more women how to be like that. I'm not saying that you have to be as abrasive as I am because I'm kind of like a four D either love me or you hate me. And I probably break down physically um, just about as often as a four does. I'm, I'm bionic from the left side down. <laughs> All the bones I've broken over the years. But you know, I, I, have, I have a type of personality that is too strong for some people. It does intimidate guys quite a bit. <laughs> I Okay. Okay, so I'm the same way. Like, when I was in college there was like a whole group of people that I would like. Cause like, I'm the type of person where I don't meet strangers at all. 
you know, if I, I'm, I'm just like a dog. If I met you once, I've known you all my life. And to some people, you know, that could be kind of, especially with a guy, it could come off as suspicious, like, oh, he's being too nice. You know, what does he want from me? That that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm the type of dude where you're either going to like me or hate me. People are going to say they're the great, I'm the greatest person they've ever met. Or I'm a piece of shit. You're never gonna hear somebody say, "Oh, well, he's all right." I don't know. Is, is know, it is it wrong that I actually get excited about the people that think I'm a piece of shit? No, it's not. I do. <laughs> I'm like, hey, y'all might be onto something. <laughs> and it's not. Yeah. It's not that I am. I mean, I I generally try to be a nice person. Um, however, my uh, my threshold my threshold for bullshit is non-existent. Yeah, you're, 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 I'm too old for this shit meter is like on yes. at all times. Yes. Um, I actually, I actually had to tear a guy down a couple of weeks ago and this is, this is what kind of asshole I am. Um, so downtown's like, uh, really kind of a small town. There's only about 12,000 people that live down here and everybody knows everybody else's business. I quite frankly love it. Anyways, met a guy. Um, turned out he also was a stoner. So I invited him to come up and smoke. Okay. Tell me what, tell me real quick what you read into that situation. Me inviting, inviting you up to the apartment to smoke weed. Does that say that? Mm, I'll go ahead. What time of day? What what time um, of day was it? Early evening. Yeah, I would think just to chill. If you invite me to smoke weed, I'm happy and I'm thinking about yes, I would get high. That's the only thing that's gotta be on my mind. Yeah, because. not this kid. And I use the term kid pretty accurately. He's only 26. Um, but. We finished smoking and he just looks at, oh, oh, hang on. Let me, let me back up. Cause there's a little bit of other info. I got a touch crossfaded. And for those of y'all that don't know what crossfading is, when you drink before you smoke, your body absorbs more THC and shit goes sideways a lot of the time. And in this case, shit did go sideways. I spent 20 minutes in the bathroom vomiting. Yeah, so I get out of the bathroom. He hands me a glass of water. He's like, here, so you can rinse your mouth. And then with the next breath, he said, so you want to fuck now? Hang on. If you, if you could see my face, like, I'm looking just as bewildered now as I did back then. Yeah, I was like, sorry. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm, go I'm, I'm playing, like, our whole conversation through tonight, like, I was like, did I give him any idea that I wanted to tap him? I mean, yeah, he's good looking, but fuck, he's annoying. And I'm so I'm I'm replaying our conversation down at the bar, and I'm one of those, I don't think that I can even flirt my way out of a paper sack. I just I don't care enough to flirt. You either want me or you don't. <laughs> I'm gonna let you know if I want you, and then the ball's in your court. But I'm not going to sit there and play coy about it, and I'm not going to be all cutesy and try to stroke your ego. That's just not my style. 
Um, I'm pushing 40 and I ain't got time for that. I'm in it to have needs met and that's it. But in this situation, it was literally like I had some really hella good weed and I was excited to share it. That was all. Silly me. Anyways, I told this guy no for like 30 minutes and making like not while telling him no, explaining to him why I'm telling him no. Did that work at all? No, I still end up shacking up with him. And it was hor- it was as horrible as you expected with just the, the way that story has gone. <laughs> well, a couple of days later, he texts one of our mutual friends that he was a savage when it came to me. And I just looked at her and started laughing. And I was yeah. like, <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> I was like, um, uh, I'm not sure savage is the word that I would use. And she's like, why? I was like, when the guy's yeah. the only one making noise, there's a problem. <laughs> I was like, I kind of just dead fished him yeah. and like withdrew inside my head and was hoping that it would end as quickly as, as it started. Right. And what's this dude's name? No, I'm just kidding. No. He, uh, oh, but then it gets, it gets even better because after that, like about a week later, he texts me asking if he can come down and smoke. And I think it's going to be, I'm like, okay, I'll give you a second chance. Like, I don't know. Just, I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to be a dick about it. Go ahead. And he brings down some dinner, which I was freely admit, kind of freaking cool. Cause I, again, don't like to cook. So yes, I'm sharing weed and Stuart's feeding me. Hell yeah. Well, he's, he's heating up second and he turns around and he just simply says, just so you know, we're not fucking tonight. Who and is again, I'm sitting here bewildered. Like when did I say I ever wanted to? <laughs> <laughs> so I just respond to him in the, the, the most assholeish way possible. I was like, well, thank you for saving me the hassle of having to tell you no again. <laughs> like, I'm not going to mince words on this. I'm not sh- like, dude, you are, you are literally only five years older than my son. And I am 11 years older than you. Do the math. kind of creeps me out. Not yeah. to mention that maturity-wise, oh my gosh, I can't remember if sex was that bad at 26, but I have a feeling that if it was, I would not still be doing it. <laughs> right, you would just give up. I would just be like, and I understand why people become nuns, even though I'm not religious. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you think we can do to uh, prevent all this? Because I... I think of solutions and then I think well it's easier you know said than done because one solution that came to me was confronting them but not not everybody is confident as you are to confront their stalker or you know something like that I would say tell somebody tell the right person because you know there's some people that don't care Uh, make sure the right person you know always go go in groups 
you know, uh, but what do you think uh, could be done about, you know, stalkers and, you know, rape cultures? Because I'm a guy and my mom always told me, never leave your drink open at a party. If you sit it down, just pour it out. Well, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go way in depth with this because there's a lot of, a lot of things that need to change. Starting with, um, talking about sex in this country. I raised my son with what's called the Dutch model. I started talking to him about sex when he was three years old using age appropriate terms. I did not say that Jesus put a baby in my belly. I did not say that the stork brought you. I was honest. And um, it's it's not widely practiced in this country simply because a lot of people have this notion that oh sex is the sacred thing well guess what you know what when you have sex with someone you love it is bloody magical but if you are someone that does not really care much about love which i'm one of those then it's purely Mm -hmm. a means to an end and i think women need to know that there are options uh, how, you know what? Men need to know that there are not options or that there are options like American society as a whole need to understand that sex is not this taboo thing. I mean, it does get taboo if you're trying to involve animals or cousins, but on a whole, <laughs> it's not this taboo thing. And um, from there, we need to have comprehensive sex education in school. Abstinence only does not work in states like Texas that teach abstinence only. We have those states have a higher teen pregnancy rate. And that causes a whole other set of issues. So there needs to be there needs to be an understanding, but kind of like um Kind of like drugs when we were teenagers. The more our parents told us not to do them, the more we wanted to. Exactly. And so the more you're telling us that sex is bad, guess what we're going to keep doing? Going to keep having it. Yeah, we said. Because when you're, when you're 15 or 16, you've got raging hormones, and you need to find an outlet for those. And if you're taught sex is bad, then that's when you start looking at other means to obtain it. And um, at the very least, people need to understand rape is not about, in, in a situation of rape, rape is not about sex. Rape is an act of violence, and it needs to be classified as such and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does cause, um, it, it does cause some issues. I, my, son, my son is the result of being raped. And there are still scars. There are still some things in the bedroom I cannot do because of that. But do I have I let it stop stop me from living my life? No. Um, I stopped him from living his because thanks to the state of Texas allowing you to uh, automatically knock down a parole attempt, he will serve my attacker will serve his full sentence. So he has another year and a half left. In jail, full well, twenty-two years. Yes. Um, but if if we would if we took a step back and taught kids 
about about sex and about what it is and the consequences that go with it because there are consequences and when you're when you're immature you may not understand the bond that it creates between people because whether you want it or not there is you have sex with someone you're now inexplicitly linked to them for the rest of your life whether you ever see them again or not and there needs to be there needs to be some sort of understanding with that but if you're just teaching abstinence only you don't know about stds you don't know about contraceptives you don't know about consent like there's so much you don't know about if you have not been taught um so with that with 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 making a change at home and in school then there needs to be even continuing education in college like um Something like human sexuality, I think, should be a required course for everybody, regardless of what your major is, because people need to understand that just just because you like, and I'm going to go really graphic with this, like, say, say you have one person that only likes to do it in one position, but then you have another person that loves, like, we'll say a furry gangbang. Does it? Are either one of them wrong? No. No. People like what they like. And I think that other people need to have an understanding that just because someone flies a freak freak flag, acknowledge it it as a sense of pride, not as a judgment. Like, what is so bad in your life that you have to look at what someone else does in their private time and think that something must be wrong with them because they know how to enjoy themselves. Um, I think it would also help fix some of the self-esteem issues that people have. Self-esteem is inexplicitly linked to sex. Um, But they're also not mutually exclusive. But just because you have insecurities as a child, you grow up, you learn that they're not bad things, you get rid of them, and then boom, you're this magical, confident adult. Why would that be so bad? Exactly. Um, From there, also, we need more money pumping into um, either, I don't know who exactly tests them, be it the, if it's the hospital or the forensics lab, but we need more money to process rape kits. Because right now, there's a backlog of rape kits. A girl can go in immediately after being attacked, get a swab done, and then that test sits there for months on end waiting to be tested because there is not enough manpower and not enough money to go through all the testings. There's some in Texas, cases that have been sitting there for years waiting to be tested. That's a problem because for every year that you are waiting to test that, that is another year that a rapist is going free and is allowed to do it again. So, yeah, like let's get some let's get some testing testing capabilities. Let's make it so that when you're trying, when the when a rape case is at trial, 
You don't attack the victim on the stand. Um, during my trial, I, the day that I was raped, I was wearing leggings and a wife beater. One, I was 16 years old and weighed maybe all of like 80 pounds at the time. Those were comfortable things to wear in the summer. Didn't have any concept of thinking they were sexy or not. They was just, okay, this is comfortable. So I'm wearing this. And yeah. someone took it as an invitation. And when, it, when I sat six months pregnant on the stand testifying at my trial, the defense attorney did his best to try to tear down my credibility because of the way I dressed. The fact that in my personal life, I like to wear midriff tops. It's the bloody 90s. We all wear crop tops. Exactly. Um, it's it just little things like that, like to the point that when the trial ended, the defense attorney apologized to me for the tactics that he used. Yeah. And and he shouldn't have done yeah. it in the first place. We got to do that. that honestly, man. what I told him, we point blank, I was like, you know what? That's all fine and great. You think you need to apologize, but I'm not accepting it. Because if you knew how to do your job, you would have found a different line to try to prove his innocence or prove why this happened other than simply what I was wearing. But the fact that I had a rape kit done, I had an amniocetesis done proving that the little parasite growing in my belly was in fact created by him. My son loves it when I call him the parasite. Um, <laughs> he's like, you have some of the weirdest nicknames for me, but you, you know, like I, I did everything by the book and you know how many women don't get that luxury. If you are in a rural, I can't say this word very well, rural setting, like you're out in the country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. There's still some in the English language that confound me. Um, if you're in a rural setting, you are, it, it's almost an 80% chance that you were going to have no outlet to report what happened versus if it happened in interurban area like Dallas. Why is that? Why are small why are small municipalities not taught how to deal with these things at the same rate that cities are taught? Because it doesn't stop happening. And what about what about all the guys out there that are raped? They don't have the luxury of getting a rape kit done the way women do because Quite frankly, our vaginas are like traps. They hold on to everything. Yeah, they don't even get taken seriously. Yeah. Um, my, my, my buddy yesterday telling me that he's like, yes, I have, I have been raped. And no, I couldn't do anything about it. And, I'm, and I just, in my head, I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, because they'd say, well, didn't you enjoy it? Man up. Like, why is this a problem that you had a woman that wanted you and no 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 and it's not how it works consent is consent um i know that there are some college campuses especially mine after they got 
their ass handed to them by the Department of Justice. They had to, uh, each semester, we had to do a um, sexual harassment seminar before we could register for classes. And it was the stupidest thing, too, because it was all basic, like, common sense stuff about consent and what qualified as consent under Montana law, which Montana law is actually fairly strict. Um, you have to physically say the word yes or no for it to count under Montana law, which is yeah. both good and bad. But, um, you know, I was just like, why, why do we need a class like to teach us that this is what we should do. Like, I don't, rem- I don't, honestly, I don't remember how I was taught. I'm pretty sure I learned it in school, though, on what to do. Yeah. And, and like I said, it goes back to what you and me said. It goes back to being honest with your kids about sex, get the stork out of the way, you know, get the cabbage patch, you know, because I've heard some, my, like my grandma said, oh, you were in a cabbage patch, get, you know, that out of the way. Be honest with your kids. They're smarter than you think. They can take it and hold people accountable. If you see your friend being attacked, you know, hold them accountable, protect them, hold the person that's doing it accountable and speak up. You know, I know you know, people feel like, oh, I'm raped or I'm embarrassed or I don't have a voice. You do, you know, you're not alone. There's a lot of people like you. And I think you yourself are really strong for even being here talking to me, you know, telling me well, this you story. Know, it, it be simply because you're right. There are a lot of people that are not this strong. And that breaks, that absolutely breaks my heart because there's no reason that should be. Even... So even if you're not a confident person, there is something that people should always have. Even if you're an introvert that really loves to be alone, you need to have at least one or two friends, preferably one that is as strong as I am. Because we do exist. I'm not alone in this. But have, have someone yes. that you trust without a shadow of a doubt and talk to them. Because you know what? If you're not strong enough to step forward, I guarantee you you tell someone like me that that happened we're not keeping our mouth shut we will be the one to lodge the complaint for you and even if like say say i got the call from someone immediately after something had happened i would say stay where you if you are safe where you are right now stay there Send me the address. I'm coming to get you. We're going to the hospital and I will be by your side the entire time. I, I want you to report this and I'm willing. It's me saying, I want you to report this and I'm willing to hold your hand through the whole process. I think that if you are a strong friend, you need to, that needs to be a service that you provide as a friend to your other females, even your males. And I honestly, I wish that I was smart enough to say, like, when this happens to a guy, what is their recourse? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And that's that that troubles me. Because I, I don't know, like, OK, who? yes, you so you tell 
You tell someone that you're close to, but then what? Then what can you do? Who can you talk to? Can you go to the police? Question mark. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd say, I'd, I'd say if a group of people, if one person was doing something wrong and a group of people held that person accountable and he was outnumbered, I believe that person would stop. And so that's the only thing that I can come up I mean, with. If somebody hope. is harassing a guy, yeah, if, if, if somebody is harassing a guy, like say for instance, a female boss is harassing somebody and he tells somebody and the whole office joins together and say, look, this isn't right. We're going to need you to stop. We're not going to tolerate this. I believe they would stop. So like unity, you know, again. Ooh, so that's, that's another thing people need to do. Take a look at your employee handbook. If you work, if you work in an office environment or you work for someone else, Take a look at your employee handbook and make sure there's a provision that covers sexual harassment in the workplace. If there is not, go online and look up sexual harassment policy, print it out, take it to your department and say, we really need to institute. And ask why, why something like that's not in place. But I'm fairly confident that most companies have a sexual harassment clause in their employee handbook. Read it, learn it. Something happens or you see something in the office, even if it's not happening to you, but you see it without a shadow of a doubt, it is up to you to report it. It doesn't make you, a, it does not make exactly. you a snitch. Like, oh. If I hear snitches get stitches one more time, I'm going to kick someone in the shins because you know what? Calling someone out on this behavior is not, it is standing up and for you yourself. Know, yeah. And I'm glad you brought this up. I don't know if you watch oranges. Do you watch oranges? No, yeah. if it doesn't have zombies in it, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a, a season where, um, Tasty's stepmother had, you know, got put in jail for selling drugs and, you know, she got them to turn on her and basically she was running amok. She was like an evil person and she was like, you know, snitches get stitches and uh, Poussey R.I.P. made this statement that I love. She was like, you know who invented snitches get stitches? probably somebody that needed to get snitched on. Yep. <laughs> you know. I feel I feel like that yeah. is like dead that is that is dead on because I care I really cannot think of anybody else that would care. Exactly. But it's been a like I'm so glad I even have this platform so you can speak out because I know somebody's gonna hear this interview and be helped tremendously. But is there any other last things you would like to say? Anything you would like to leave the audience with? I just I, I want to tell people out there if you if you find yourself in a situation to where you are raped, you need to understand 
that there was nothing about it that was your fault. Not a single thing. Yes. And because of that, you need to not fear going to the police. Um, if you can't go to yourself, find a strong friend that you can trust. Um, if you can't find a strong friend, find me on Facebook, backslash J.E. Hick. I will, I will step in for you because there are too many women that slide under the rug out of fear in this country. And that needs to stop. That's all. Period. That is all. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. You don't know how much this means to me. Man. Well, thank thank you as well. I mean, I I I really need more platforms that I can spew this out on because to me that these seem like common sense, but reading the news, apparently it's not common sense. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. And like, I'm just thinking this is just one issue that like America has like a ton of issues that it has to work out. I mean, at this point, I'm just like, can we just burn everything to the ground and start over from scratch? I think that would. Be oh, yeah. This, this country <laughs> definitely needs like a serious case of revision. <laughs> yeah. like, start studying for that test because we've had 400 years to try to get this right and we still ain't done it. I'm telling you. Well, thanks for coming on, and I would like to have you on again. Sometime. Yeah, um, I also am well versed in biology, science, and um, actually, yeah, that's the rabbit hole I would always be willing to go down outside of this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, talk all right, to man. You have later. a good one. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Bye.